going on? I'm Jarvis. I'm Farouk. And this is the Old Heads Podcast. We got a very exciting topic today. Uh, it's really relevant uh, within the last, you know, two, three years. Everybody talking about it. They want to be a part of the hype, you know. Um, but I feel like, well, I, I ain't gonna say nothing. We, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let, the, I'm gonna let the guests take us home. So, well, so before we before we go further, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, yeah, just to give the pe- people a brief introduction so people know who's uh, the special guest we have on the show today. Our guest has a lot of years of experience in the trucking industry, right? Both as a dispatcher, now as a partner within an owner operator, or just really an owner of a logistics trucking business. Uh, she's extremely knowledgeable about the sector, very transparent and honest about um, the ups and downs, which is one of the reasons why we had to bring you on. Because when we talked to you uh, about like a month and a half back, you were very transparent with uh, the pros and cons of the trucking industry, where a lot of people are just telling you what you want to hear. Um, and then, yeah, but besides that, without any further introduction, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, give it up and welcome Miss Aaron to the podcast thank you thank yeah. you i'm super excited to be here today hey, thank you for <laughs> thank you for coming and gracing us but uh go ahead and give the folks a little background about yourself your hometown where you're from uh your scope of business what you do all right so my name is erin i'm from duval duval <laughs> <laughs> um i was born in pensacola been in jacksonville since i was about three years old um Throughout my career, I did banking, I went to mortgages, I did collections, and everybody, anybody who has known me for quite some time always has known that I've wanted to own a trucking company. So um, my husband at the time, of course, he was a driver, and he had been driving since 2006. So I always understood the side of driving, just didn't really understand the business aspect of it. And, you know, in this industry, it's so hard to get the information that you need. A lot of people get in the industry and they just kind of fail. So trying to maneuver through that and trying to get the information that you need and the capital, of course, (laughs) to start a trucking industry was very challenging. So although I had been talking about getting into the industry or owning my own company for years, it didn't really happen until 2020. So, um, and then I was able to leave my nine to five. So that was like the best experience ever. My kids, they just think I don't do anything. (laughs) They're like, mom, you can do this, you can do that. I'm like, mom has to work, you know, but it's just the benefit of um, being an entrepreneur, going through that journey, not really understanding, you know, when I was going for promotions on different jobs and things like why I couldn't get those promotions. And just once everything kind of came to head, I really realized that everything and every job that I went through was just setting me up for what I do today, which is a huge passion of mine. And I just love what I do. Man, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. That's lit. <laughs> now, that's lit. you said, you know, back in the day, you knew the driving aspect of it because of your uh, partner, but you didn't know the business side of it. Correct. Now, a lot of people that... Jarvis and I talk to in the trucking industry, they will say, bump the driving part. The business side is what you need to learn first. And not that the trucking is not important, but the business side is so uh, imperative and so integral to the operations. You need to know that first. And then um, you can, you can learn the driving side. That's more easier natural to come by. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
So I personally think that, you know, before compensation, you always got to educate yourself. So I don't think one is more important than the other, because when you are a owner of a company like myself and don't have a CDL license, your driver is one of your most important aspects to the company. And so with issues with drivers, you know, drivers feeling unappreciated, you want to make sure that you understand the drivers as well, because you want to take care of your drivers who wants a truck that's just sitting and you don't have a driver in it so to me everything is an equal equally like you have to learn everything you need to learn the business side of it and you also need to learn how to handle your drivers so it goes hand in hand i wouldn't say you need to know one over the other you need to know everything gotcha (laughs) i mean uh, before we get too deep all right so what exactly is your title are you uh like are you dispatching are you running the company are you all of it like go through your role like okay (laughs) so um my brother actually started this company and he played in the league and he i didn't think he was serious when he was talking about he used to ask me questions about the industry because he knew you know my spouse at the time had drove and so i was like is he really serious about starting a trucking company um so since he was playing ball i actually operated the entire company like i did everything (laughs) it was one point where he was like i know you're gonna know more about this company than i do um so i ran the entire company and then from there just building relationships uh, i always knew that we wanted to bring everything in-house when we first started the company we did outsource our dispatching but it was always the plan to bring it in-house I just had to build the confidence to leave my nine to five because you know that's security and so um from owning the company then we created the dispatching side and honestly the dispatching side really started from just a conversation with a potential client I was talking to somebody that was in a group that we're in and she just came out and was like can you dispatch my truck for me I did not have a contract or anything ready do y'all know that I got that contract ready in like two hours yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) Boy, money on the table. Money money on the table. You better take it. (laughs) So um, then that's when the dispatching came about. And so I ran, I run and still currently run the entire operation from the driving side to the dispatching side um, to now we have a back office compliance side that's going very well. That is awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. First of all, round of applause for that. Thank you. Round of applause for that. But uh, that takes us to the next question, though, you know. When you look at trucking at large, right, Mm -hmm. it's a male-dominated industry. It definitely is. Now, to see someone like yourself, a woman, an African-American woman, in a leadership position, in an ownership position, um, is insane. How do you feel, or how has it been... um, so far in that position do you do you have you observed any uh barriers any pushbacks any maybe odd looks maybe folks not taking you seriously uh because it is a male uh dominated industry i think that uh, the dynamics of the industry has really started to change and males have started to understand that you know we are the women and we (laughs) you know we know how to run things um so i personally haven't experienced it i will say that um when i relocated to atlanta i feel like i was able to open up more opportunities and more doors 
and the male role models that I have that's in the industry that are like mentors to us, they have been very welcoming and opening um, to open up doors and allow for different opportunities for our company. And they're always like, you just have such a great personality and you know, you do good business. And a lot of people talk, you know, it's all about, I tell anybody the brand is all I have. Mm. So I personally haven't experienced that challenge. I believe that within like the last year or so it's really changed when it comes to it, you know, um, women being accepted in the industry. Yeah. So I haven't okay. experienced that. Okay. <laughs> I like how she keep on saying I haven't. She said, I can't speak for y'all other, but I haven't experienced yeah, it. I haven't right. experienced it. You know, you just have to. I feel like in this industry, as long as you know what you're talking about, they'll appreciate you. It's when you don't know what you're talking about, when you don't have that confidence in what you're saying. And that credibility. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. I mean, well, then how, how do you figure out what you what to talk about? How do you know? I mean, as far as you, what kind of lessons have you learned to help you know, like, all right, I know what I'm talking about. Have confidence in what you're saying. Well, one of the main things that anything that you do, like I said from the beginning, you have to be knowledgeable. So a lot of people get into the industry and it's like, hey, I just want to make the money. And they're not really taking this seriously. They're like, you know, because people think you can get into trucking and just make a million dollars in a year. And that you might see it, you know, before all your expenses, but you're definitely not bringing that home <laughs> at the end of, you know, at the end of the year. So um, to me, my biggest thing was, and I remember telling one of my brothers, um, I was like, when I was back in Jacksonville, I was like, you know, one of my main goals is to learn and become a voice. I always want to put Jacksonville on the market, honestly. Jacksonville on the map. Because Jacksonville kind of goes like nobody, you know, people know what Jacksonville is, yeah. but it's kind of like a retirement area. Hey, stop it, man. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. You being disrespectful. Stop it. <laughs> I'm joking. But, um, you know, one of my biggest things going into this was that I wanted to make sure that I built genuine relationships and that people under, I did the legwork to make sure that I was knowledgeable in every aspect of the business. So that way, when I'm having those conversations with those males in the industry or anybody in the industry, so they walk away like, dang, this girl really know what she's talking about. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, you said something earlier in the show. You folks really started your company in 2020. Everyone knows what happened in 2020. That was, that was COVID, right? Dab, right? Dab and Corona and the pandemic. Right. Did you folks know what you folks, what you guys were getting yourself into? So, we actually started educating ourselves in 2019. Okay. Um, and 2019 was kind of like, you know, nobody really knew about COVID at that time. So we went through a whole educational period. And then we got into the industry in 2020 when rates were still pretty good. But the anytime you get yourself up under a good mentorship and a good toolage, you will really pay closer attention to sustaining and being more that 20%. Um, one of the things that I learned earlier on is that you cannot pay attention to social media. Jeez. Listen, <laughs> social media will sell you a dream mm -hmm. that, you know, or will have you second guessing where you are in, in your business because you see this person doing this and you see them doing that and they're scaling and they're doing things, you know, doing those things like that. But one of the things that Jeremy and I knew going into this business was that my motto is always the slow and the slow and steady wins the race sure so if you're moving too fast through any kind of business or any type of industry 
you know, at some point it might look good in the beginning, but you're going to fi- find yourself in a bad situation. So we always tried to make very smart moves when it came to scaling, when it came to um, just business um, decisions that we made. Because we never want to be a part of the 80%. We want to be a part of the 20. The 20% that stayed and was that sustainable. stayed in the industry. Correct. So going into it, I mean, like I said, when we got into the industry, um, rates were good, but we kind of paid cash for all of our equipment. Gotcha. So therefore, when rates started to drop, we just hound in on like governing our trucks. So we made sure that the trucks were governed to help with fuel expenses. So we just did a lot of things that just really helped us. That's smart. It sounds like you got a a good operation. I mean, talk about your operation. What kind of modes of transportation you're running and stuff like that. So um, we started with reefer. I really like reefer trucks. So it's a lot of people that don't know what a reefer truck is. They might think you're talking about drugs. Okay. (laughs) What's a reefer truck? So a reefer truck is pretty much a refrigerated truck on wheels. Sure. So a lot of people see drive-ins, like if you see like... Um, you know, yeah, like a 53 foot. You might see like the Amazon trailer going down. That's considered a drive in, so it does not have the refrigerator unit on it. And so, we started with a reefer that has the refrigerated unit on it, which opens up your opportunities to a lot more business. Because at the end of the day, even through a recession, Mm -hmm. everybody got to (laughs) eat. Y'all know when when the recession, well, not recession, but when COVID was going on, we follow you. When COVID was going on, you go into the grocery stores, what happened? The shelves were empty. Right. So that refrigerated unit, that 53-foot refrigerated unit became a vital aspect. You got to ship like fruit, you know, fruit, meat, beer. Meat. You can Dairy. do beer. I really like to stay away from beer because beer get heavy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they like to max your truck out at beer. And, you know, when you, the heavier the load is, mm-hmm. then the more it takes for your tractor to operate. Gotcha. So then what does that happen? That means that you're spending more in fuel. Right. So we like lighter loads. I like it. I like it. That's smart. But like your milk, um, your cheese, any food, dairy products, seafood, um, anything that has to be cold or refrigerated. Um, we can even do like we've done water. It's a lot of things that you can do on a, re- a refrigerated unit. It's more versatile than just a drive-in. So like a drive-in, you can only do dry items. Sure. So maybe clothing or dry goods. So the amount of freight that you have access to is limited. Right. And okay. I mean, elaborate on that. So 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 you're telling me like with a reefer truck, you can turn the refrigerator part off. And run it as a drive-in. Absolutely. The only thing you can't put on a a refrigerated unit is paper. It's crazy. So, I mean, you got the best both of them. Absolutely. And it's a specialty because most people, believe it or not, when they get in the industry, what do they get? They get drive-ins. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gets a reefer. I feel like folks are not really thinking ahead, though. They're not. They're not thinking ahead. They're not. It's like, ten. I think it's like something like 10,000 people get their new authority a day. Most of those people are going to get, what, drive-ins. Yeah. So when Jeremy and I went into it, my brother, yeah. Jeremy, uh, when we went into the industry, we knew from the beginning that we weren't getting a drive-in. Gotcha. Um, we also added a flatbed, made very, very good money. Let me hold like, some. Let me hold some. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Flatbed, especially in flatbed season, which is normally over the summertime, you can make some money in flatbed. However, it is a higher risk. Why? Because, you know, okay, so a flatbed doesn't have, like, the covering. I'm going to call, like, a reefer unit, um, like, a box. 
because you have all four areas the flatbed you just have the bottom so they have to make sure that freight is secured because what happens if that freight's not secured and the truck is or a car is behind you or families behind you so of course you make plenty money from it and you make it pretty fast but (laughs) but um the risk is a lot higher so you have to ensure that you have a driver who really knows how to secure freight because it could turn into a disaster and nobody wants a disaster okay now i know before the podcast started you were telling us how how to keep how to make money from trucks that aren't moving or or that aren't on a load per se your load like if as far as leasing out trucks and stuff like that absolutely so we did a pivot Yeah, elaborate on that so we did a pivot um like you guys talked about in 2019 or um 2020 how COVID hit um and then we go into 2021 um it's a lot of issues with drivers and here we are in 2022 and there's still issue with drivers you know um there's drivers out there but the drivers right now they know they're in need so well, they ask for unrealistic expectations them, like them drivers don't got bougie on us <laughs> they really have if you ain't offering them a mustang a louis vuitton cold they ain't Listen, not driving these drivers want to have 50 percent of everything like if you want 50 percent, i need you to own start your own company i'll show you how to do it just go on and run me some extra coins yeah. and i will train you on how to <laughs> but um so what we did was um we had a truck that was sitting um and it had been sitting since december so we have one truck that's running and that driver actually is getting ready to turn into an owner operator so guess good, what good. he's gonna buy the truck from us mm-hmm. and now we go from getting our money at the end yeah. to now getting our money first that's awesome <laughs> that's lit that's awesome that's lit <laughs> So um, what we did was we had some equipment when we no longer wanted to run the flatbed. Um, we started leasing it out and we started kind of in business. You know, you go into business with one mindset. You go in with one business plan. Like when we first started, it was like, yeah, we're going to get these two trucks. And every tr- every year we're going to scale up two trucks and we're going to stop at about 10. That was the original plan. When things in business started to change, then it's nothing wrong with shifting your plan. You know, you can always go back and revisit. Who knows? Next year we might add two more trucks. But there's nothing wrong with knowing how to shift or pivot. And I think that's where a lot of companies end up um, finding themselves in situations because they're so nervous to pivot. They don't want to pivot because it's like, I want to do this. But um, so we started pivoting and we started looking at other options. And again, through having one of the key things in this industry is to have an amazing mentor. If you have a great mentor, then they start opening up your eyes to more things. And a lot of people, when they get into entrepreneurship, they're not all caught up, caught up to be entrepreneurs. They think it's cool. It looks cool. Sometimes I lose sleep. Sometimes I'm sad. I can't tell y'all how many times I called my brother and I was like, oh, oh wow. did I make the right decision? Yeah. <laughs> but when you start pivoting um, in a situation, and we started pivoting into leasing our trailers out, that probably was a really good idea. Really? I mean, the flatbed, we made, we made our money plus some on the flatbed. Um, so then we started investing in leasing the trailer out. People have tried to buy it from us, but why buy it when we can make money off of it? It's a golden goose. It is. It is. So then you start looking at, like I said, other aspects of the business that become um, what they call, although it's an asset that we own, but it's more of like a non-asset based income. And the reason being is because the people that we lease our trailers out to, they are the ones responsible for all the maintenance. 
but they got to pay us every month. And I'm auto debiting out their account every <laughs> month. <laughs> There are some other things, of course, that you want to do, which is especially when you're leasing trailers out is um, following up on the insurance because they have to have you listed on the insurance policy. So making sure that nothing has changed in that aspect of it. But one of the things that you learned and that we learned was the pivot. Gotcha. So we lease trailers out now. That's awesome. You know, to take us into the last leg of, you know, of the segment, really, um, I think there's two points we want to get into. Absolutely. Jarvis and I, when we created the show, in the podcast, we always harped on our, our logo or our phrase, stay in your lane. I think that was, that's essential from what you told us about your business. Because social media will sometimes have have you double looking or double checking yourself. You see JoJo down the street. He just started trucking business two months ago. How do you, how you got a Lamborghini? Right. I'm still pushing a, a RAV4. You know, how does he have six trucks? I only got two. Right. So, so I think that's very important for our listeners at home who are in trucking, who have a, who are owner operators to, to really realize, hey, you got to really just stay in your lane and, and see what works best for your business. So I think that's really important. You do. And, and sometimes you don't realize, you know, looking on social media, you might see that they scale, but um, they might have scale from leasing trucks. Yeah. So they don't necessarily own, own the, the truck. truck. They lease them. Yeah. And so I don't know, honestly, much about leasing. I've heard a lot about leasing. I do know, you know, a lot of people lease because all their maintenance and everything is included in the, the, the monthly, monthly payment yep. that they make. However, when it comes down to a bottom line, when profit, they end up not making a profit. And so it's cool to be like, oh, I scaled up this truck. I scaled up that truck. And honestly, I will tell y'all, honest truth. I There's one company that I used to follow on Instagram. I still follow them on Instagram. I'm not going to say their names. But uh, they, I'm trying to be petty. Um, they <laughs> scaled up and they were posting that they scaled, they scaled, they scaled, right? They've been silent for probably probably since the since last year maybe since the end of last year they've been silent and so i'm going on their page just trying to see and that one company when i say like you have to stay in your net lane and you can't let social media get to you it really got to me earlier on because i saw that they were scaling and i'm like dang i want to scale like them you know they instead of moving up they instead of moving up and we were still at two trucks and um now out of business yeah probably yeah probably so because he doesn't trust he doesn't post anything about trucking yeah <laughs> all right well since we don't use social media to track our our business what what internally what what systems what softwares what tms systems are you guys using to keep track of the business go get more loads like how are you Probably. doing that so anytime in business one of the big things that you have to do because we use quickbooks so you want to have monthly meetings you need to be looking at your numbers I look at them daily. Like, we, I know what it costs to move my truck. You know, and that's one of the things that we stress to our clients through the dispatching side. Um, we have we do a whole meeting with them because we need to know how much it costs to move their truck for them to be off, uh, um, for them to be profitable. Gotcha. And so um, every, you know, you want to balance your books. We balance ours weekly, and then we have meetings monthly. And in those monthlies, what are we looking at? Profits. We're looking at losses as well. And then we're also looking at how much did we spend in a certain area and what can we do to kind of drive that down, especially if we had like a high maintenance <clears throat> one month or, um, you know, fuel isn't really anything that you can do outside of covering your truck. So there's certain expenses that you know you can't change, which is paying your driver and fuel. You're not going to change those. And insurance. Gotcha. 
<laughs> insurance isn't going to change. But there's other factors that you can work on changing. And some of that is maintenance. And how do you start driving down on maintenance? You just make sure that your drivers are doing pre and post trips gotcha. to catch those things. Because one of the one of the lessons that we learned, um, one of our drivers had a blowout. And the tire, I think it was like a front steer tire had blew out. And we got that tire replaced and we got the other steer tire replaced because anytime you have a blowout in the front of the tractor, you got to replace both tires. What we didn't realize was that the pressure from the blowout ended up damaging some other items up under Mm. the truck. And so the truck continued to operate fine. And then all of a sudden we were back in the shop. So what was the lesson that we learned? If you have a blowout, if you have anything, make sure that you get a full inspection on your truck. Gotcha. Because um, it'll end up costing you more money <laughs> now, if you don't. We're talking about a truck now. So how long does it take to get a tire? Because now you, you're talking about a truck. That's what drives money into the to the to company, right? So if your truck is down, for how long does it take? To get the truck, the, the tire replaced. The tire, you can get it replaced rather quickly. Oh you can get roadside. I mean, they're going to cost you. You know, they're going to charge you twice as much because they're coming out. Um, but um, it, it doesn't take long to get. So in relation to like a car, it take you know, 30 minutes to flip a tire. It's the same for a truck. Um, that's a great question. <laughs> Normally, I just, you know, at the petrol. I mean, you know, depending. I guess it would depend on how many people are in front of them. Okay. So, oh, that's what you're saying. you know, because they can go to like the TAs or the Petros when they're on the road. Yeah. So it might only take, let's say, 20 minutes to change a tire. But if there's trucks in front of them, it may take a little longer. Gotcha. I hope that answers. So that how way. do you handle delays? Like if you're moving a load and so you have a delay, like how do you tell your clients that, oh, we might be. Communication is key. So at the end of the day, the broker that we deal with, their job is to make sure that the freight gets from point A to point B. So if there, it, it's a it's a vehicle. So just like any other car or anything that on, is on the road, you're gonna have issues. Things are gonna happen. It's what you do after that. So as long as you're constantly communicating with the broker and you're letting them know the status of their load and what's going on with their load, then they're fine. It's when you're not telling them anything. Gotcha. That's it's, when it becomes an issue. It seems like it's like anything in life. You just gotta communicate. You gotta you speak. You do. Yeah. You have to communicate to build those relationships. Gotcha. Because if you don't communicate. You don't. One thing um, these brokers will do is put you on a naughty list, and you don't want to be on a naughty list. Because you get on a naughty list, I hear it's really hard to get off. Yeah. And I, I, I don't play about the naughty list. Naughty list means no money coming in, so I'm, I'm messing with that. Correct. And I wanted to say one thing that you said about the money being in the truck, the tractor. Honestly, the money's in the trailers. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of. Aaron, I, I, so you could pull another power, uh, like a truck. Like a tractor trailer up to the, so say if your truck broke, and correct me if I'm wrong, so say if something happens to the power, meaning the tractor, mm-hmm. right, and it breaks down the side of the road, but you got freight, and you have another power that's sitting, you can come pick it up. Absolutely. Or if you got a partner, they could come, you know, I can work it out on the money. Aaron, I already asked you for some money, man. Just just slide me some. You got it. Listen, you I'm got still it. on the road to the money. It's okay. <laughs> you got it. You on the road. I'm still on the sideline. You just just slide me some, dog. <laughs> hey, but we're about to get into the rapid fire questions of the of the of the interview here. And uh those are rapid fire questions. Just give us quick answers here. All right. Um what are your biggest expenses as an uh, as an as an owner of a company? 
So again, that would be the cost paying your driver, your insurance, and at this moment, it's actually fuel. Fuel. Okay. Should folks buy or lease a truck? Purchase. Purchase a truck. should new businesses drive on the spot market, which is like getting their own authority, or should they lease onto a carrier, do you think? Starting it, up. It really depends on what their business model is. So I always recommend that you get your own authority, but there's a lot to getting your own authority, a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow. Um, so I would say get your own authority, but it really depends on your business model. Okay. And uh, how much capital does it take to, to start a truck and or a logistics company so that also depends if you plan on purchasing all your equipment outright or if you plan on leasing if you plan on purchasing your equipment outright i would say you would need about 200k at this Woo! point <clears throat> because you know the tractors right now are like eighty thousand, and then you got you know your trailers depending on the age of that those could be the about the same price as a tractor at this moment and then of course you want to have capital for any breakdowns or anything because just because you purchase a truck and you get it inspected you never really know what that truck's going to do until it gets on the road gotcha um so yeah if you're going to purchase outright i would say about 20 uh 200,000 um but if you're going to finance everything you would need about 70 to 80,000 to okay. get started really now Jarvis um you talked before the show started. This is kind of our last two questions. We're heading to a recession. A lot of people would say we're already in a recession. You know, we just had two negative quarters of GDP growth. Um, a lot of people start getting fidgety during Absolutely. economic instability. Is trucking a recession-proof industry? It absolutely is. Okay. Think about it. When everything shut down during covid if you were on the highway, what did you see running? Trucks. You seen trucks. So it's it's a recession proof business. I mean, you know, somebody might somebody might battle with me on that, but because <laughs> I see it all the time. But it is to me, it's recession proof because at the end of the day, everything that comes into the states, everything that's on your shelves, it got there by a truck. Gotcha. And then the last question, Jarvis. You know, Jarvis works for a pretty big logistics company. How do you? I know. She, she said, I know. <laughs> How do you compete? How does your company compete with folks like him? You don't compete. Okay. You stay in your lane. Oh. <laughs> well you stay in your lane. She- you know, of course, you want to. I tell anybody, you know, when we brought on our first driver, he was like, dang, y'all operate like a big company. Just because you're a small company doesn't mean you can't operate like a larger company. Sure. You stay in your lane. You build your relationships. You make sure your processes and your systems are in place so that way your company runs efficiently. And um, that's basically what the larger companies do. You know, we've been trying to tell people to stay in your lane. Jarvis came up with that slogan. You know, we took <laughs> it and ran with it. Man, we came up with that one. You came up with that one. That one was yours. He, hey, he said that and it stuck. We were sitting there thinking all kind of stuff. He said, man, you know what? We just got to stay in our lane. We do. <laughs> you do. You just have to focus on yourself, you know? No puns intended. Stay in your lane. Hey, but that's awesome, man. You know, I think and I hope that our viewers and our audience took something from this. Absolutely. Um, folks who maybe want to start a trucking company, folks who maybe have relatives or people or family members in uh, in the trucking business, they can uh, they gather some insight. They know what's going on. And they don't go into stuff just blindly, just following social, social media. Um, I think you also provide a lot of stuff um, as far as what to expect in the coming years, in the recession, and the post-recession, all that stuff. Uh, but I just got one more question for you. Yeah. 
this is the third time I'm asking. Let me hold some money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm joking. I'm joking with you. I'm joking with you. This is Farouk. I'm Jarvis. And before we close it, I, I mean, I want you to share the top three things you think folks should take from this. Or do you feel like the most important things from this episode? Um, I feel like the most important thing from the episode is that one, trucking is going to be around. So if you're looking to get into some type of business, um, trucking, I feel, is where it's at. Um, two, I feel like, like I said before, slow and steady wins the race. So just because you see other people around you and it looks or appears like they're moving forward, um, just make sure that you focus on you, your company, and your business models. Um, three, and just enjoy what you do. I really enjoy what I do, and it'll show in your work. Um, so those would be my top three. Gotcha. <laughs> that's, that's and don't forget, I want to just share if people want to follow me. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> plug yourself <laughs> in. Let me plug. Shamelessly. Plug um, so our website is boykinsunited.com. How do you spell it? B as in boy, O-Y-K-I-N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, united.com. Or they can follow me on social media at Aaron, and I'm going to spell it. It's A-I-R-I-N underscore Boykins United. Gotcha. And what uh, what media platforms are you on? I'm assuming Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I've learned. Um, I'm starting to get more involved with LinkedIn because that's where all the major CEOs are. So that's that's who I need to get with. <laughs> that's how you know she. That's how you know she corporate. She yeah. said LinkedIn. <laughs> I, ain't mess, I ain't messing with no Twitter. <laughs> Hey, it. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for being thank here with us, dropping some jewels, dropping some knowledge. Uh, we had a we had a blast. Um, but for the audience back home, you know, this is Farouk. I'm Jarvis. And we always tell you folks to always stay in your lane. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>